hey, we're the Patreon Joes. And if you're listening on the main channel and you are, I say Patreon Joes because this is a little bit of a sneak peek into what happens on the Patreon side of things. So this is where um, sometimes just two of us, but today you've got all three of the Joes get together and we just, we talk dynasty, but we also talk about whatever comes to our mind. So welcome. I am at Art Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me uh, today, first of all, we've got at Takes with Jake, Jake Patterson. Jake, how are you? I'm great. It's good to be connecting with you, Ryan. Long time. Yeah, Jake and I just keep missing each other because we have completely opposite schedules, it seems, but we're together today. And of course, uh, coming straight to you from the twins, beautiful Twin Cities, it is Will the Thrill Greenwood. Ooh, I'm glad you guys got over your little feud and we can finally all three record together. <laughs> it was getting a little awkward being the middleman continually. Uh, both of you guys say very hurtful things to each other behind each other's back that you'll just never know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jake and I are both such mean-spirited individuals in real life. You don't even know. We, we just put on this this facade when we record the podcast. So, um, But yeah, we're, we're getting along okay. So it helps that in our Joe's Jug League that Jake is dead last. So, um, you know, that, that, that makes me feel pretty good. No, it doesn't. Because uh, Jake has a strategy, right? Your, your strategy is to... Um, Quit the league be, after one year. <laughs> is that your strategy? <laughs> it's time to the smartest strategy: draft a you know a productive struggle team and then quit after the first year. <laughs> yeah, the best strategy in dynasty if you really want to win is just just draft like a redraft team and then just leave the league. Um, you know, which even if you had to pay a year ahead, you know, if you, if you if you have a good success rate, I guess you could profit. You could piss off everybody in the dynasty community, but it, it's it's possible. I've seen people do it happens a lot actually but um so what, what do we want to talk about do we want to talk about kyle pitts and how i cry myself to sleep at night that the fact that he is not boomed like i thought he would and he's injured now <laughs> or do we want to talk about something else <laughs> what's the what's the word in bears land about justin fields right now i would like to get a little bit of a scope on that because i was listening to i think it was i think it was the audible or it was on the couch and they were talking about Cooper Cup has more targets than Justin Fields has <laughs> pass attempts through four games. I believe right? it. And probably double. I mean, it's crazy, right? Um, I don't know. What's wrong with the Bears running like this 1930s, you know, NFL offense? I think I think it's fun. You know, they're two and two. Look at the results. No, um, I, you know, <laughs> well, it depends on who you talk to. Uh, and, and I said on the show, what, like, how many, how long ago was it? Like just two, three weeks ago. I'm like, just, just wait until after the green Bay game and then bye. And you're going to be happy that you did. And fields is going to break out. I don't feel as good about that advice as I did a few weeks ago. Uh, but you know, if you, if you look at some of the, the, you know, the, the statistics in terms of, um, you know, I, I would, I say, I don't have the stat in front of me. It's just, is not great. Podcast as, as you're looking it up a quick second, it was yeah. uh, Cooper cup has more, catches than justin fields has completions not attempts to targets i don't know if you said that jake right afterwards either way it's hilarious it's hilarious and it's pathetic it's by quite a bit yeah so sorry go ahead jake i was saying it's like it's by quite a bit it's eight eight more uh receptions to completions which is which is bonkers um which was a stash by uh ari marov my sports update on twitter i'll give give him some credit there for it yeah thank you for that yeah. And so I'll find this statistic here in a second, but basically is it that the bears offensive line is garbage? Um, okay. Bears have highest QB pressure, lowest wide receiver separation rate. So that, that sums it up. We don't need to get into the numbers exactly, but basically, okay, you've got a quarterback 
who has a horrible offensive line is under a lot of pressure. His wide receiver core is garbage. So is it fields or is it just his situation is so horrendous and they really limit his ability to throw the ball just because they're trying to, you know, win by running and they've had some success on the ground and, you know, try to win through running and defense, like very old school bears football. I don't know. I mean, I'm worried though. When you look at Justin Fields play guys, if you watch any games, he just looks a little bit lost out there. Doesn't he? I mean, he'll show some flashes and make some, you know, occasionally make a play that would make you, you know, get you excited about Justin Fields, but overall he's, he doesn't look good, but you know, the, as I've probably mentioned a dozen times on the podcast, the bears have a ton of money next year. They, they have all their draft picks. So can the bears sign some free agents? Can they pull Jacksonville and you know, rebuild their line and get some offensive skill position players? And, you know, fields could have, you know, a year like Trevor Lawrence is kind of having this year where he's starting to emerge. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, maybe maybe they can uh, scoop up uh, Hackett as an offensive coordinator because as a hedge coach <laughs> and offensive coordinator, that is a complete disaster. <clears throat> what um, I, I mean that I mean transitioning. So we're, we're gonna I'm gonna get this out today. But so so the Thursday night game, I am totally transitioning now. Nathaniel Hackett, man, can that guy not coach or what? I mean, what the heck are they doing? They had the game won and they basically gave the game away, and then Russell Wilson. What's up with Russell Wilson? I, I, I'm just so it just boggles my mind. I was so excited about Denver and thinking this offense was going to blow up and all these guys are going to take off and it just hasn't happened. And I'm, I'm all, I'm just a little bit surprised. I guess it could still turn around, but I'm not optimistic. It's, it's crazy. Isn't it? It is, it is absolutely wild. Uh, and it is awful for fantasy overall. I mean, if you spot started Mike Boone, I guess you didn't get like a terrible game. Love Gordon didn't have a terrible game. But I have, I'm probably out of all of us, the biggest Russell Wilson owner of this group in Dynasty. And yeah. it is, it is painful right now because at this moment, I'm not going to be able to trade him for something significant because his value is too low and I won't want to sell that low. And, but I also don't have a ton of a hope of this moving forward. I get the offense all coming together and gelling, you know, without as much preseason time together. But I mean, how could you not be scared? They've looked, they basically looked bad on offense every, every week except last week. To be fair, Russell Wilson looked bad last year coming back from the thumb injury, and people just put it on the thumb injury. Uh, the narrative of Denver having a better pass catch, like better offensive weapons for him in Seattle is false. Like Metcalf and Lockett are far superior than Sutton and Judy and the other. Uh, like Ham- Hamler yesterday was losing his mind for good reason at uh, Russell Wilson's play, just absolutely not even looking at him wide open. He said he could have walked into the end zone. It's uh, it's scary, right? Because one of my favorite parts of the season almost is just the ascension of Geno Smith. Uh, like it, I was saying on the Patreon show last week, uh, Pete Carroll was right, right? Like it's he clearly made he clearly made a bet um, seeing Geno Smith and Russell Wilson last year, and got they got some draft as- assets and players in return, and they're looking a lot better for us. So. And the extension given to Russell Wilson before the season even started is just looking ludicrous at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as bad as I, you know, you know, with the bears, let's say Justin Fields, not the answer, you know, at the very least, you know, they, they are in rebuild mode and can reset and they didn't make that trade for Russell Wilson. That would have set them further back. Can you imagine if the bears had pulled off that trade? And he, he'd gone to Chicago last year and with the, it, you know, it, it would have set the Bears franchise back even more. I mean, arguably the Bears are not necessarily on the correction course either, but 
yeah, it is pretty sad. I, I don't know. I, so Jake, do you think Russell Wilson is, is, um, is cooked <laughs> or, yeah. or, do, or you think, you think it, that it's early and, you know, maybe as the season progresses, he's, you're going to start to see the old Russell Wilson a little bit. Uh, to be honest with you, I had fears like in the off season that he was cooked and just waiting to see it. And he's looked super cooked at this point. Right. So he, he's a hall of fame level, like quarterback in his career so far. So would it shock me if he was able to turn around? No, but it looks horrific right now. Like the fall has been uh, dramatic. Um, so if, Will said it's really tough right now to get off, like to get rid of him, to sell for any fair value. And he's right. Like you can't do it right now. You have to wait for a boom week. Um, we mentioned on the Patreon show last week that I was able to get out of him last week for traded Russell Wilson and my 2023 first round pick for Kyler Murray, which after Thursday night football is just looking beautiful for me, just because I would, I wouldn't want to be holding Russell Wilson, the bag of Russell Wilson right now. Yeah, and looking at it, so I pulled up his game log, too, coming from last year. So after he came back from that thumb injury, three out of the last nine games were absolutely terrible, similar to last night. Uh, there were a few okay games in there, but then at the very end of the season, I mean, one of them was in week 18, which doesn't really count overall, but I think it's what gave fantasy people hope. I mean, week 17, he was great. You know, he threw for four touchdowns and uh, 230 yards and had a great fantasy performance. So I did do, do think that fantasy people weren't, incorrect and in, in kind of believing that he was back from that thumb injury coming into this season. But there's also the whole like play calling with the Broncos as well on that last fourth down of the game in overtime. Why don't you have an option to get the first down? I'm still, I'm still floored by that. Yeah. Uh, they were, it was a fourth and one. It wasn't a fourth and goal. And there was plenty of time left on the clock. The, the way that that offense is just run right now looks completely broken. Russell Wilson looks lost. One of Cortland uh, Sutton's receptions in that game was when he stole the ball away from another receiver that was in the same spot. That should not happen on offense. There's a, a tweet from a long time ago where you had Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks running in a, you know, a similar route. And they were, you know, they posted it. And then Sean Payton said, well, one of you two is running the wrong route was his comment on Twitter. And it was really funny when two receivers are in the exact same spot, somebody is dead wrong in that play. And that is an offensive issue overall. And so that's why the Broncos are really tough to buy in moving forward. You know, you could still spot start Melvin Gordon, you know, maybe Mike Boone if they actually start to use him. But actually, I actually think Boone looked really good last night. Uh, Gordon looked good out of out of the backfield catching. But uh, as a runner, he looked he did not look nearly as good as he used to. So anyway, uh, long story short, you could use this opportunity to try to pick up some of those assets in Dynasty. I think the only one I'd really be looking at, though, that I'd want is Cortland Sutton. Uh, I don't think I want Jerry Judy. And I've been a big Jerry Judy believer in this. Uh, in this group and also said that he was worth about five rounds higher of startup capital compared to Romeo Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs. And I don't know if I really believe that anymore, but uh, that's one game. It's an overreaction, but long story short, if you disagree with our kind of outlook on what the Broncos offense is going to be doing moving forward, now is a great time to buy low on those Denver assets. The team is still going to be good. They have a really good defense and they have kind of a good core, uh, but I don't, it's outside of this year. That's my belief. The, the problem with uh, paying up for Sutton is you probably have to pay up for him. Like I've seen him go for a first round pick still. And the guy's 27 years old and he's now attached to a quarterback who might be dust. So there's more risk there than I think people are, uh, should be willing to take on. Um, I thought of a, the connector to connect our two quarterbacks we've been talking about so far. Um, Russell Wilson, you might be able to actually move for Justin Fields plus, and there's a pretty significant age gap there, 10 plus years. And 
like guys develop, right? Like if Justin Fields gets some better coaching, he doesn't hold the ball as long as he has more weapons, better offensive line, like Brian talked about earlier. I see it far more likely that Justin Fields ascends um, than Russell Wilson bouncing back. Uh, when, when Justin Fields was coming out as a rookie, he was getting comparisons to guys like Kyler Murray and the uh, elite quarterback. So he's got that rushing upside that we look for. And I think is uh, I'd be chasing that ceiling. And if you could get, I'd be wanting to get something on top of it because Justin Fields looks just as bad right now. And Russell Wilson at least still has the name brand. So if you can get a second round pick or something on top of it, I think that's a, like a, a move I'd want to make. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's an interesting idea. Um, I, I'm, I was looking back, I was, I was thinking, well, I remember Tom Brady getting a bit of a slow start when he went to Tampa and everyone thought, you know, kind of thought, you know, when he, that last year in New England, that maybe he was done and, and, you know, he started, it was on the road at New Orleans and, and Brady, um, he didn't have an awful game, but it wasn't great. Um, then he played home Carolina only through 217 yards, a touchdown pass interception, 14.9 fantasy points, but then, but he started to heat up and, and it, it's, it only took a few games and Brady got going, but I'm just trying to think is, are we overreacting? I, it's been five games. So it's a pretty decent sample size. And, and I, you know, I don't care what, what the numbers are. I don't, I don't care that in theory, you know, Russell Wilson's had a couple of, of startable weeks in, in fantasy, you know, the eye test, he just looks horrible, but he's only 34 guys. Are we, is this on, on the flip side of it? Um, Jake, I, I know I, I like the move you made to get out of them, but is this, it, it, should we be looking at this from a different perspective? Should we, you know, zig while everyone else, or is it zig while everyone else is zagging? Cause I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just worry that maybe we're, we're overreacting a little bit too much that maybe it's just going to take some time w- with a new team, a new system. And then maybe that, that Russell Wilson can turn it around. Yeah. If you make an excellent point, like when I was putting together my new dynasty rankings, I added a buy sell column for a lot of players. And all the buys are guys that are like have lost value for whatever reason this year, because that's exactly when you buy those types of players, right? It's when they're the, the market is down on them because then you have a chance to actually gain some value. Right. Um, I think the problem with Russ for me is that like, I have too many preconceived notions that he could be bad right now. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's risk that I don't, I just don't trust the guy. Um, but you make an excellent point. Cause that is the move in dynasty typically is you want to, buy guys when they're low on the market and sell when they are like when they're when they're at their ceiling right when people will pay the absolute most for them so um i don't disagree with you at all i think that's a fair move i just don't want to do it with the rest specifically now will this would be risky but for example zach wilson and russell wilson and dynasty have you know similar values uh so let's say zach wilson has a big game this weekend um, and, and you're not a big believer in Zach Wilson. Now, now it's risky because you're moving to 23 year old quarterback that in theory could still emerge as this guy that could be in your roster for the next decade. But is that a, a move you'd make like moving the guy like Zach Wilson for Russell Wilson, like on the flip side, I, mean, I, 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 I personally still would, uh, cause I'm not off the train of, I still think Zach Wilson's not very good. Uh, I, I, it's hard to contextualize this for me as a whole, because of the, how much Russell Wilson I have in super like in dynasty super flux. If I didn't have a lot of Russell Wilson, yes, I would be trying to acquire him right now because I'm a little bit more optimistic than Jake is about this whole situation. I still think you might have to ride it out this year a little bit, but the, I don't like, I still think Russell Wilson's good and I still think they can figure it out, but they, I, that, I don't think I've ever seen him look so bad as he did last night, except for that first game back after the thumb injury, which they made him throw like 40 times that game too. It was, it was just against the back. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, 
All right. Well, Russell Wilson, we talked, we talked about any, anything else from, from this, from the, the game last night, uh, just, to, just a really, and, and at the end, it kind of, kind of turned into a compelling game, but, but not because it was good football. It was just, uh, wow. The Colts put, you know, put this in at overtime, what's going to happen. And, and just, oh gosh, it was just, just wild. It was, it was, so the, it was a horrible game, but the ending kind of made it worth staying up for uh, in a weird sort of way. Uh, anything about how, oh, sorry, uh, between Philip Lindsay and Deion Jackson, uh, I was telling people around me to have like Philip Lindsay's little scoop and stash, like don't start him, but see how he looks. Cause we, I think we're not worried enough about Jonathan Taylor's ankle. And if that's a high ankle sprain moving forward, Naheem Hines gets an absolutely brutal hit is out of the game early. And I thought actually both running backs looked, looked pretty good for the Colts last night overall. I mean, Matt Ryan, if you want to talk about what looks washed, that is, is a complete mess. Um, but at both backs there seem to perform, in my opinion, from what I, was, I saw last night, they both looked pretty good. And I've always been a big Philip Lindsay fan. So I was happy that that advice, at least in the moment, has paid off. It's, it's a fun little stash. You can always just drop him if you need to. Yeah, it didn't cost you anything. I hope you're not at the point where you're starting either of those guys on redraft or dynasty leagues. You're probably not going to be in good shape. <laughs> if you are. Yeah, but you never you never know though. Let's say you you had um, you were rolling out Jonathan Taylor and, and Javanta, and I'm trying to think who else is injured right now. And you've got DeAndre Swift. I mean, you could have a a decent core of running backs on your roster that just happen to be out right now. And you you know you know how it is, Jake. You get desperate sometimes. There are weeks where you're just desperate. <laughs> but you're just, exactly, those are desperate plays. Is all I was trying to say. Yeah, but 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 you're right. Um, and. Um, that, that, that does happen. I, I find guys that I've got some, some teams that it, it's, and it's still early. So this will sort itself out, I'm sure, but I have teams I felt pretty good about. They would be contenders and they, they were off to slow starts. And then I, then I have one team in particular that I had, I have no business competing and I'm like tied for second or third in the league in victory points. And I'm like, how is this team doing it? I've got like uh Drake London and Dobbs and I do have Jalen Hurts, which helps, but my, my roster is I'm starting a bunch of youth and I just had boom weeks, weeks from the right guys. And I'm sure it's that team's going to go downhill, but that's the type of season it's been at least up until this point where we've just been weird. You know, I don't know. I know I probably like this every year, but I don't know. To me, it just seems bizarre. (laughs) So this is one of the, this is one of the worst running back performance years. I think we've had in a long time kicking off a season. So I think that that's what that's makes probably everything it. feel weird as well. Like yeah. your stud running backs that you should be able to rely on haven't been performing for you. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, before he got hurt, had one good game. Uh, you know, Derek Henry, who's aging out, he's had, I think, just like one really good game and has had some uh, surprising usage outside of that. Because like at the Bills, he scored on the opening drive and then the Bills ran away with that game and it was completely irrelevant. I mean, Austin Eckler has not had a great start to the season. Yes, in PPR, he was still producing some points. But then he finally blows up last week. So that's why I think the start of the season, and you could continue to go down that list of all the running backs and redraft that are drafted in the first round, all your dynasty running backs that you were relying on to be a big part of a big chunk of your points weekly, uh, in my like have not been performing up to standards. Uh, one thing that is coming to fruition, Jake, and we talked about this last week and the week before, and maybe even the first week, is that the Brees Hall buy low moment may be passing us by now. We pounded the table saying, Brees Hall's still a buy, Brees Hall's still a buy, Brees Hall's still a buy if you can. And now he started, he finally took the majority of the snaps in the last game, and he is looking absolutely electric. And now more and more Dynasty and Redraft podcasts are talking about his rest of season outlook and just how high you should value Brees Hall. So those of you that, that listened and hopefully made some offers out there, uh, congratulations. Otherwise, I think your window may have just slipped past. 
And it's, uh, that's okay because that opens up the window for uh, Travis Etienne and uh, Kenny Walker for Seattle to become the new by lows in my opinion. I was going to mention Kenny Walker because I think that's the obvious one because if people that get impatient, you, you look at what he's done so far, which is nothing, and you're like, oh, you know, this is going to happen. I, I, there are plenty of owners out there that get really impatient with players, and, and I, think, I think he's one. Who's the other player that you named, Jake, the other by low? Uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah, and he's another one, right? Um, because so you you look at those backfields, and I love the James Robinson story, but you know, I, I just I, I don't know how it will end here in 2022. I, I hope for, for for you know the the sake of of how how much fun that story is, it keeps going. But um, Jacksonville is a fun story in general this year. Um, I, I think with, with it just a, just a good football story, but yeah, ETN is, is definitely worth keeping an eye on. There are just stats out there that like James Robinson has been putting up fantasy points, but he hasn't been able to get more than three yards on, I want to say like 40 or 50% of his carries, which is, was a league high. Travis ETN is the pass catcher in the offense and Jacksonville's been doing a lot better, right? So he's had the profile of a bell cow back um, for, for ever since he's been drafted first, first round pick. So I still have trust in Travis Etienne to work out more target share in that offense. Um, yeah, I would be buying right now. I wouldn't be too worried about how the, the start of the season has played out for him. I know like the fantasy footballers, Andy Holloway keeps pressing just that he looks so small out there, but the guy's still, he profiles as he has the size. Um, I'm not huh. too, too worried about um, that. I said that last week, Runerod, too, is that he looks a lot smaller than I thought he would on the field. Or was that two weeks ago? Uh, so they must be listening to us because I don't listen to the footballers anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the another thing with, with Etienne and just looking at the short term for the buy window uh, and just, just generalized, you know, this is kind of like narrative street game scripts that may be like out there. So they're going to uh, Jacksonville goes Houston, Indiana, uh, the Colts, the giants and the Broncos. Those are four games that could be extremely low scoring and Jacksonville is not going to have to be playing from a deficit to really utilize him. And it seems like that, that, I don't know. It seems like that at least has some effect on there. I don't know. I swear that like, those are just going to be really low scoring games and we won't see as much involvement just overall or as many fantasy points coming out of that uh, from Etienne. So pay attention to his snap counts, his targets uh, and, and how he looks on the field for when you're going to make your, your move. Um, I think before this week is definitely a great idea as they, as they go against Houston and he could still have an opportunity to have, you know, a bunch of catches, a touchdown or two. So anyway, completely agree. Just if, if it, if it drops a little lower, don't be surprised. What about CEH guys? Um, because he, I'm looking at the rankings. He's the number four running back four in PPR leagues. And it's essentially based on efficiency, right. And, and touchdowns. Um, but it, it just feels that that this is not sustainable. Um, uh, so what are you guys thinking about CEH? Am, am I just foolishly low on him or, I mean, or, or do you think, do we think he's going to finish as an RB one this year? I mean, cause he's in a great offense, right? And there's no doubt about that. There, there are a, a ton of indicators out there about the production being unsustainable as in with his goal line passes, there's goal line catches for touchdowns. Uh, be you used to be a little bit wary of buying too hard into those narratives and moving forward. If this chief's offense is going to continue to roll and he still has a, a significant role in there, I, I don't see a reason to why he wouldn't finish as, you know, as an RB one and potentially a high end RB one. Uh, you see that 
they're, you know, they could rotate him out. He's not going to get overused. I think there's some benefit that in that season long for CEH for this year. Um, I have a really hard time valuing though. I haven't made any offers for him. I finally sold him a couple times this off season. And that is looking like a complete mistake, at least for this season. But uh, yeah, my overall opinion on CEH is I, I wouldn't buy now, but I also wouldn't sell now unless you're getting an absolute haul back for him. He's more of a hold to me. Yeah, and the main problem with CEH right now is like everyone is calling him a sell, so it's kind of hard to sell a guy that people that can yeah. sell. Oh, for sure. Sell. Um, but and it's kind of for good reason because Pacheco's snaps are going up. He put up like pretty dang good numbers last week, um, given his opportunity. So I've been trying to put low ball offers out there for him. Um, but I don't think CEH is going to be bad necessarily because you guys said it right. Like he's on KC and he's going to have plenty of opportunity in the red zone and. Uh, catch passes which is what you're looking for out of a running back yeah i mean already you know 13 receptions in, in four games that's that's pretty good with the times he's finding the end zone um yeah and this will all shake out you, you look at the top 12 running backs and it's an interesting list right now um and, and you know e- even those that we expected to perform um like well you said it earlier like this first runner running backs like CMC is running back five, but man, it sure doesn't feel like it does it. Not, not that he is, you know, I don't think he's had any bad starts necessarily, but yeah, we haven't seen, we're not seeing that boom in the running back position. So it's, it's, you know, injuries and slow starts and like decent starts, but not amazing starts. And it'll be fun to see how that position shakes out a bit. Um, Jake, since I haven't talked to you for a while, I do want to talk about our guy, Kyle Pitts and, and what you're feeling is, is it just, we just need to be patient. I mean, this is to be expected or, is there any part of Jake Patterson that is a little bit worried about Kyle Pitts in terms of dynasty value? Or are you still like all in? If people are down on him, I want to buy him. I'm curious what you're thinking right now. I am thankful for this opportunity. Uh, there's a buy low window for Kyle Pitts. I honestly didn't expect it to ever happen in his, in his career. So this is just a moment to take advantage. Um, in, in my dynasty rankings, I have in my comments, just send an offer in every single league until the owner caves because we're at the point now that there is so much risk to it, right? Like he's almost not startable in redraft leagues or obviously dynasty leagues too. Uh, he's officially out for week five, by the way, if you didn't see that as of today. So, so like literally he can't, he can't start release this week. <laughs> he, he's 22 years old as a tight end. Right. So there's just not too much worry there. I think if anything, you got to give away more credit to Drake London, who is just demanding as much, much target share as he is at like 21 years old. Um, like he's clearly elite. Kyle Pitts is just the field of tight ends is so bad. Will said he never wants to talk to tight end rankings like ever again, which is absolutely fair because that's how like, <laughs> they are. We're just not going to talk about them on the show anymore. Sorry, we'll pretend that position doesn't exist. You're pretty much chasing the <laughs> touchdown right every week. So Kyle Pitts is not giving that to you right now, but his ceiling is just so much higher than anyone else in the position at his age that you just have to uh, keep chasing that. Um, I've been in contract the contract negotiations trade negotiations with a patreon trying to get Kyle Pitts for a long time uh but the other guy who I'm selling is AJ Brown and it's just like if I was a dynasty startup I might pick Kyle Pitts before AJ Brown I like it's tough with the start of this season but I just can't do it now because I'm a competitive team and Kyle Pitts is not going to help my starting roster where AJ Brown is not like I start him every time without ever thinking about it so it's that's just too valuable to me right now so the gap is bigger than I expected it's ever been for me, but I'm still just trying to buy Kyle Pitts at all costs. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much feel the same. I, maybe I'm not as aggressively buying him as, as I 
you know, should be, but, um, cause that's tough. Cause I, I, I do think if you are a contending team and you want to acquire Kyle Pitts, you just, it just, it's probably going to give up more than you, than you want to, and it will hurt you this season. So, uh, well, what about you, Kyle Pitts, uh, Kyle Pitts check for, for Will Greenwood. Uh, d- I'm done with tight ends. Um, <laughs> so we, we just... next topic, please. <laughs> Well, like, this would be that that non-contending team where you have, you know, you have a, maybe your team has had some bad luck. You had Javante Williams and Toronto Swift is out. I guess you can still come back from that. Anyway, but like where you have, a, you know, like a Travis Kelsey type of deal where you can move it into a contending team where they do a lot better. Or maybe you can get Kyle Pitts along with, like if you're going to go in full tank mode for the season, uh, you could get like a Kyle Pitts and maybe like a Javante Williams in, in a deal together uh, where you're giving up some other assets. I'd a straight up offer and deal for Kyle Pitts is very hard for me to imagine. I haven't been putting them out there. I don't have a lot of Kyle Pitts and I've always been super jealous and I still am like, I still want to acquire him if possible, but at the moment I'm not using my brain power to figure out ways to try to acquire uh, Kyle Pitts. Unfortunately, I would sell a Javante Williams straight up for Kyle Pitts. Well, I, I assume everybody would, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so was- too. I would. He was a tier one if, or tier two running back in dynasty for everybody. I get he's out for the season, but. And I, I guess there's some more like information that, that maybe the long-term uh, effects of that injury, like they weren't, there wasn't a lot of like collateral damage between the two tears that he had. So maybe he'll be back by the start of next year, or at least like early in the season. Um, I do... finished with the same amount of fantasy points in, this year. <laughs> what you're saying, Kyle Pitts and Javante Williams? Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> So this, this wide receiving class, these rookies so far, guys, it's, it's been super exciting. Um, even guys that maybe a lot of people weren't necessarily excited, excited about you're, you're starting to see some flashes like, um, like Alec Pierce last night, you know, looked, looked, you know, decent. Um, so here's my question to you guys. How do you think this class, I mean, this is kind of a fun topic, like looking ahead to, uh, next year's rookie class. Where do you think this class is going to compare? Because I've, you know, you, we, I think we're all excited about the 2023 class, but in the wide receiving um, position in particular, do you think maybe we undersold this, uh, this wide receiving class, or you think that the 2023 class is going to come out and, um, you know, even, even make these guys um, not look as, as impressive as they have. I was going to leave that to Will, the college football uh, guru, because I don't know nearly as much about the 2023 class. I, I got three names that, I've been keeping in the back of my mind, uh, Keyshawn Booty, uh, Jordan Addison, and um, Jackson uh, Ningbo. Smith and Jigba. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Booty uh, has not done much in, in um, college this year as a Booty owner in the Dynasty League, I'll tell you that much. But uh, I, I think part of that is, is just the, you know, I don't know if Brian Kelly knows how to utilize him, so I'll just blame it on that. But, well, okay, you're the college expert, I suppose. So what, what are your, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, so out of those three, Jake, Addison's the only one that's done anything this year uh, so far, and he looks really, really good. Uh, Addison is going to be a high draft pick in the NFL, and I think he's going to be a really good dynasty asset overall. Like I would bet on him uh, to to play or to be a, you know a great wide receiver. Is he going to be better than all the wide receivers in this class? I don't know. We've had some really good performances this year out of rookies. Garrett Wilson, you know, looks like he could be a bona fide stud. Drake London looks good. Uh, Chris Olave looks good. Uh, Traylon Burks looks good before he got hurt. Like I think all the offseason reports about him being a complete doofus and out of shape uh, were, were definitely proved wrong in the first few weeks before he picked up the injury. So I mean, am I missing somebody? Because we haven't seen Jameson Williams, uh, George Pickens, everybody in the world is saying that he's about to boom uh, with, with Pickett at QB. Uh, Sky Moore, we haven't seen much out of. Long story short, 
the is what's interesting about the 2023 wide receiver class at this moment is that the the two top studs, in my opinion, in Butte and Jackson Smith and Jigba, both have had very, very underwhelming starts to their season. And I don't know how that's going to look moving forward. Uh, Jackson, you know, Smith and Jigba has a season on his resume that's going to make all analytical charts, you know, jump out of the building. So yeah. that's not going to be a problem when it comes to draft discussions next year. Uh, Butte, you know, I guess he had some, like, I don't know, really bad body language in their first game of the season uh, when they were playing Florida State and things like that. I don't think I don't read too much into that. But again, like he hasn't had any big time performances um, on, on the running back side. I mean, I still think, you know, B. John Robinson is going to be the one one uh, in rookie drafts next year, even including the quarterbacks. I think we're going to see the hype train just leave the station at absolutely. You know, it's going to be like a bullet train next year. So my advice is if you're searching for the best value in the draft next year, it's going to be B. John Robinson. And I think there's going to be a tier break between one and two. Yeah, I mean, barring some knock on wood, some catastrophic injury or something. And, and Will, I think I mentioned you at a Patreon show one time that B. John Robinson, you could make the argument that he is already the dynasty running back one, just based on the hype and his age. I mean, maybe that's that's too rich, but Jake, I, I know you're not necessarily a Debbie guy, but you have any thoughts on B. John Robinson? I think that's ridiculous to call him the, just based on his age and his, and his profile is going to have. Well, Ryan, I'm a little hurt that you're clearly not listening to the shows that Will and I recorded. Uh, Bijan Robinson is in my tier one of running backs already. And I, you, you're right. You can make the case that he is the RB one right now. Uh, John so, Taylor's been underperforming and he's like three years younger than DeAndre Swift. So yeah, I agree with you. Okay. It's, so, it's well, really, it's re- funny because when I talked to Jake last week, I was like, Ryan, and I talked about that last week. And then when Ryan pops back on this week, he's like, well, Jake and I talked about that last week. So Jake's uh, not listening to the shows that well and I are recording. So you two, you two knock it off right now. See, this is what we was talking about earlier. We're not getting along. We're fighting behind the scenes, the drama in the Joes. So, seeing my DMs are full. I'm pretty sure Ryan, your wife was in Major League Two. Yes, you are correct. Mm -hmm. Oh, was that in the Patreon show that you guys recorded? See, that's the stuff. If you if you check it out, Patreon or Patreon.com slash Joes. That's the kind of dirt you get on the show. You find out all about us. So. Uh, Join. I, I was looking at the last mock draft that uh, the Athletic posted, and they and Bijan Robinson. They've got him going to the Dolphins at number twenty-three in the first round. So that um, yeah, I'm, I have PFFs pulled up in front of me. Uh, one interesting thing is they have the Bears taking Bryce Young at four. So that that would be fascinating. Yeah, um, I, I don't I don't uh, hate it. Wrong. <laughs> and then they have Addison as the first wide receiver off the board at pick. Let's see here. Where how do I just go by it? He's a top, I think he was 13. Yeah, at 13. And they have B. John Robinson going 14 to the Cardinals. Wow. I would be absolutely floored if a running back goes top 15. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But you never know. And that would be a very fun offense to be a part of. Uh, and that hype train, again, would leave the station because of their uh, red zone numbers. That's how James Conner had such a great season last year. And we talked about it in the offseason. Um, and that offense as a whole moving forward. There are more wide receivers in this, this draft. This uh, one, this first round PFF draft that I don't know enough about. Like, I don't know enough about Quentin Johnson coming out of TCU. You know, I don't know enough about uh, the, there's a wide receiver for North Carolina that's in here. Um, And so I got to be, I got to keep on doing a little bit more research on that. Josh Downs. But uh, overall, yeah, I I think mock drafts at this point in time are pretty worthless. Oh, they absolutely are. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, things will change so much, but it's, it's fun to talk about, but looking ahead to that, you know, we've, we've talked about this 2023 class, like just uh, in general for, I feel, feel like for years and 
you know, I, I just think that, um, I mean, certainly I think the running back class in 2023 is, is, is definitely going to be better than this year's class, but, um, you know, wide receiver class may give it a run for its money. Cause, cause it's been very rewarding. Um, it, 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 I mean, cause based on the early returns, there's so many of these wide receivers that are going to be viable, um, for us and our, in, in fantasy for, for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure some of these guys will drop off. We see this guys flash their first year and they, they drop off, but yeah, I mean, all those guys that went early, um, um, have, well, except, um, Jamison Williams, right. Who hasn't played yet have, have excited you a lot. We've got, you know, those for sure. First round wide receivers that went in a rookie dress. So I've just been really excited by it. It's been fun. Yeah. Cause I thought we were going to have to wait. I would definitely bet against us having, you know, like another fourth round standout like Dobbs early in the year this year. Like that's, that's a pretty, pretty rare and special piece to have uh, in a season. And I know that he had enough camp hype where he was moving up rookie draft boards. And it looks like at this moment in time, whatever you paid for him, you're probably underpaid by quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I mean, it's hard. I was kind of, um, one of those kind of, you know, I'm very much a draft capital stop type of guys. And I was just kind of like dismissing it like Dobbs, that's not going to happen. People are just overhyping him. Like for, you know, there are some of their teams that passed on him, but I got to admit, I, I was probably, and I, I do have him on at least one dynasty roster when I just picked him up, you know, just for, as an afterthought, but gosh, that's, um, that, that that's, he is looking like, you know, he, he might be something. So, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's probably, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in that Green Bay offense right now. So well, all due respect to Alan Lazard. Uh, Lazard deserves no respect. We can rip on Lazard, but he's one of those guys, Jake, that, you know, he, 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 he might be, I, I'm not saying he's gonna be a league winner necessarily, but he, he might be in your championship lineup, you know, uh, at the end of the year. I mean, cause he's, when he's played, he's, he's looked pretty, you know, he's been up respectable numbers when he's played. Yeah, I'd, I think I'd much rather start Dobbs in that position. Um, like you said, it's arguable that he's the wide receiver one there, but he's in dynasty. He's far younger. Um, I don't think it was too far, too far fetched that he would break out at all because we always talked about who the heck is going to catch balls for, for Aaron Rodgers. There's the wide receiver course, terrible. Um, and I thought he was a better prospect than Christian Watson, who, is is like borderline droppable and especially redraft leagues but i would try to sell them for anything in dynasty uh yeah but yeah. but why why would you sh- i mean i think the thing is jake with with watson um and maybe he doesn't amount to anything i mean why would you sell him for anything right now because they're like it's he's a he's a lottery ticket i mean you're not going to get what are you going to get for watson you know who's going to pay you anything uh, i feel like i've seen him go like for a second round pick um already recently which is which i thought was insane because he showed nothing but yeah, um, I don't disagree with you. I would like it's he's a hard like we talked about earlier in the show. You don't really sell guys at a low, but I just worry that I might get even lower for uh, Christian Watson. Um, I I think the thing with Watson is you know he's he he's got got some. I mean, I think we knew going in, and that was kind of the knock on him. He's he's raw. He's it's going to take him time to develop. And um, you know, Devonte Adams. I'm not saying he's Devonte Adams, but he didn't go into Green Bay as rookie year and, and dominate either. So well, I I don't know. I think Watson give him a couple of years and let's see what happens. Um, I mean, Dobbs could end up being the better wide receiver for sure, but, um, I, I don't know. I think if you've got him, you might as well just hold him. Yeah. And Devontae Adams, I picked up off the waiver wire in my first dynasty league. I got, uh, both him and Tyree kill off the waiver wire in that league. Uh, what was it? Six, seven years ago. Anyway, 
I for so for redraft threats of season, Jake, I actually would take Alan Lazard over Dobbs. Uh, and to me, there's actually a pretty sizable gap with Lazard being the number one there overall. Now that he's healthy and fully integrated in the lineup, I think that him and Rogers just they work really, really well together. Dobbs will be more involved and he will be a good fantasy piece and will be startable. But I think in a nutshell, I guess I would just take Lazard over Dobbs in redraft. Uh, in Dynasty, you might as well just go to Dobbs because like the upside there is tremendous, assuming Rogers sticks around for a few more years. Yeah, I mean, I think Lazard, guys, is one of those, um, I, I kind of see him as like Hunter Renfell last year. Like if you need a wide receiver for your team, if you're like wide receiver weak and you need some production, but you don't want to pay a lot, Alan Lazard's probably a good guy to target because I, I'm not, he's not a thing to get excited about or, or a piece to get thrown in if you need to add to your wide receiver depth because he's he, he's not very valuable in Dynasty, but he's a guy that could, pay off this year and maybe beyond like one of those guys we kind of overlook because he's Alan Lazard, you know, so uh, maybe he's nothing special, but he's got the trust of Aaron Rodgers, and that counts for a lot. Doesn't it? So there's always these players every once in a while where they're maybe not particularly talented, but they're, they're good enough and they're the right position. They've got the trust of their quarterback that they, you know, they, they're more, they're more valuable to your team than they, they are on the, on the trade market, so to speak. And I think he's one of those guys. Absolutely. And you guys are like, yeah, he's boring. I don't want to talk about it. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, you could go across the rookie class and look at who you can buy low, like Sky Moore. He's had a very interesting start to the season. If you still believe in Sky Moore, you can go out there and get him. Uh, Sky Moore is a lot more like squat and like thicker than I thought he would be aesthetically on the field. Um, like if you compare him and like Travis Etienne, like Sky Moore looks bigger than Etienne on the field, which is fascinating to me. But that, I mean, if you're looking for kind of like these packages for buy lows, you have some of those hyped up wide receivers um, that you can still go after. But the another part of this year, Ryan, of why it's of why it's so fascinating is if you just look at the lead leader in like touchdown receptions, you know, tied for second up there is is Will Disley. Uh, you know, he, with three this season, you have kind of this wild, wild west of what's happening in the passing game for people who are actually catching them. I mean, Xander Horvath is in the top 25 with two touchdown catches. Yeah, Xander Horvath. Woo! He has just as many touchdown catches as Justin Jefferson. So Man, it's, uh, I, I, I keep getting said about Devin DuVernay because I think I told you, Will, on, on a show before that in a lot of um, uh, uh, best ball leagues, I just took him at the last round because, you know, I was reading some reports like, oh, he may be, you know, the number three option in that offense. And I'm like, what the heck? I'll take Devin DuVernay. And, and that's, you know, that's paid off pretty well for a late round flyer. I mean, it, I'm sure it, it's going to, it's going to fade and, but, but, even this week, I see people starting him against me. So it's um, just kind of what a surprise. Jake, where, where's Devin Duvernay in your rankings? I'm curious. Uh, probably pretty low. Uh, he's definitely moved far higher than he was in this offseason for me. Um, I'm not even sure if I like, might, I might not have even had him ranked previously or just so, so low that I wouldn't have mattered. But he's definitely a spot start type of guy um, now. But I don't know if he doesn't have really any real value in Dynasty for me. Well, guys, right. it, it is time uh, for at least for me to wrap it up. Um, so do you guys have any any thoughts for the the two minute warning? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with my my hot take of the week as far as like a, picking a winner just overall, because I haven't done enough research into the players for this week to choose one. But uh, I think this is the week the Eagles trip up and the Cardinals beat them. Uh, Cardinals are five point dogs. Wow, right. that's interesting. See, 
I'm pretty um, like I like I think the Eagles DST like this week is is a is a great start um, because I, I that that's a good defense and I I see them um, you know causing the the Cardinals some problems but I, but I I do like the call is that is that in Philly or is that in um, is that um, in Arizona curious i've had it pulled up i believe it's in philly right am i wrong about that it is state farm stadium which i believe is arizona okay so even better so all right i like it um yeah philly at arizona anything else for the two-minute warning what any predictions for illinois hosting iowa yeah, what is it going into it? Uh, Illinois is a were they three and a three and a half part favorites, teams? believe it or not. Yeah, it's going to be one of those games where Iowa wins this game and it just ruins you know the Big Ten and any fun that we're going to have with Illinois. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I don't I don't know I I mean I I'm not that bullish on on Illinois. I mean their de- their defense is really good and and they've got a pretty run- good running game with Chase Brown and um I don't know I, I'm I'm just going to pick the Illini yeah you know as the alum but I I don't feel super confident about it so it should be a good game uh, evening Big Ten game so it's um you know who who's gonna who's gonna be the sacrificial lamb that's gonna go up against Ohio State in the in the Big Ten championship game that's what we're fighting for here <laughs> yeah <laughs> who's gonna I, lose I, to Ohio State forty nine to three in the in the championship game let's let's yeah, find the, out. the big the Big Ten West is a complete joke uh, yeah. and all the teams in the Big Ten East have to be absolutely furious that they're in there that over under for that game Ryan is 36 and a half so everybody <laughs> saddle up this is going to be a barn burner yeah I can't even put any money on it because they don't let you in Illinois bet on the on the local college team so that, that's okay all right um Jake two minute warning um, I don't know if you guys heard but Kenny Pickett is starting this week in Pittsburgh they're going to beat the Buffalo Bills hurting your first is that what we're doing? This these bold these bold takes these upsets. I'm going to look at the schedule. So that is the largest spread. I can't remember what the quote was, but it's the largest spread for like for a very long time. They are 14 point dogs. They are, uh, yeah. And that is because that is at Buffalo. Like I think every other team in the NFL has been a 14 point dog uh, more previous than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Or something was I think it was the stat that I read. So it's been a long time coming for them to be this much of an underdog, but it's not going to matter because Kenny Pick. Kenny Pickett's going to win anyways. Would oh, that right. be so much fun? I mean, I'd love for that to happen. I, mean, uh, I, I will continue the fun narratives and the Geno Smith-led CLC Hawks go into the Superdome and knock off the New Orleans Saints. Somehow the Saints are five and a half point favorites. And I think that lines, I mean, I know it's tough to play in the Superdome and that's probably what it is. And, and the Seahawks may not be that good, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to make that call. I'm going to call Seahawks over the Saints. Hopefully, you know, Smith, let's go. Hopefully AK 41 can come back though and score us some fantasy points because it, I, I, you know, I know, I know he's aging out and stuff, but come on, get, get healthy and, and do something. Who's the starting yeah. for the Saints? This week. I don't think it's been determined hundred percent. So I, I don't know. That's a good question. I'd, I'd probably I'd, pick Seattle too, I think. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with that, that's your Patreon Joe's preview. Thank you for listening to the show. We are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FF Joes. Jake is at Takes with Jake. Will is at Fantasy underscore Will. I'm at Erta Librarian. On behalf of Will and Jake, I'm Ryan, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right, guys.